When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, score! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice Bergeron. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for Episode 7 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the legendary Phil Esposito edition. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and my partner in crime every week is the show's co-host, Mr. Derek DeVecchio. Derek, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Good, good, good. Having a good week. Um, did my 40, and then I'm on, as of Friday, I'm on vacation, so... Oh, there you go. I'm feeling good. I've, I've done nothing... At all, so and you can I'm, sit around and lick your wounds this week. I'm friggin' proud of it. <laughs> so uh, I hope you're well. Very well. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, interesting Bruins week last week. Interesting games for the bees for sure. Um, I the uh, the the Florida trip was awesome. Um, a little, I mean, awesome as in. That's four points. Scary. Yeah, it's a tough trip going it, it, down there. You know, you want to play golf. The weather's nice. Yeah, it's a, but it's a scary four points, regardless. Uh, two tough teams. Yeah. Two tough teams, and and but but the games were exciting. I I and especially for me, it was the uh, the Tuesday game against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, the, the, that was awesome, and and what and what a. Uh, uh, a show for uh, Jonas Gustafsson, the backup that he put on. It was amazing. He's uh, been great this year. He really has. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to get his game in order. Yeah. You know, being able to get rest when needed, and it's been great. He's been a great backup here. I agree. I, I mean, he's not 
he's not like putting up the numbers that I expected him to do. I mean, I I, pre- I pretty much kind of put backup goaltenders as the 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 last best goaltender that the teams had in the backup role, and that was obviously Chad Johnson. You know, he I mean, I. I think it was 19 and four or something like that for a record. I'm totally not sure about that, but um, I kind of set the the bar at that. And you know, uh, Gustafson doesn't have quite those numbers yet, but he's been a an effective piece on the team. As like as you said, uh, to give Tuca some rest. Oh, he's been great, and you know, he doesn't give up a lot of rebounds either, which is good because you know our defenses had their hiccups. Yeah, but. But when he does give up a rebound, it's always in the wrong areas. Right. That's one part of the game I didn't like when he played for Toronto or Detroit was his rebound control was just, it's atrocious. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'll take a one nothing shutout win any day, and I'm sure he will too. Absolutely. And that was his first appearance. I mean, we'll talk about that. in the. That was his first appearance in a while. So... Um, yeah, and and the the Carolina game was uh, a disappointment. They really should have had that game. You know, I kind of expected to, you know, have those four games that they had that there'd be somewhat of an emotional letdown. It was great they got the point because you're right, they didn't deserve that point. Right. You know, they came out flat, pretty much like Brickley says on his, you know, uh, telecast, chasing the game. And that game they did. I mean, they didn't have a lead, and you know they were able to tie it up, one, you know, twice in that game, which was great. But yep. again, you know, those are those are tough games. But that one game at home after a road trip, not easy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Saturday's game was by far the the uh, the second best of the week. How's that? Uh, with a three to one win against the Islanders at, at home, so uh, two on the road last week and two at home, and uh, they're looking good, man. I, I think they, I think they really are starting to come together. Um, you know, I'm gonna st- probably you know stop my own little rumor here right now, but uh, since the trade deadline, I believe that the the demotion of Zach Ronaldo has really turned this team around, and in fact. I've heard that Zach Ronaldo plays awful locker room music. Awful. He sucks. I heard it's terrible. And I think that's probably why the 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 season's been a roller coaster because he sucks at selecting music. So goodbye, Zach Ronaldo, and hello, playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> now he can sit down in Providence and poison our youth. Yeah, when, when he gets back in two weeks. <laughs> right. I, I just had to throw a little funny there about that. So um, I read something somewhere. I don't remember who said it. I, if, if even if I did remember, I really wouldn't want to say it because he'll probably get attacked. But um, yeah, he did say that. He's like Zach Ronaldo just picks like the worst music, like Kid Rock, the, the bum ba da ba, the bang the bang b. It's like that's your hype up music. You are a douche. <laughs> but. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to, uh, I was going to roll into the stat pack real quick. How's that? Sounds good. All right. Yeah, after 70 games, there's 12 games remaining. Uh, the Bruins are 39-23-8 with 86 points. First place in the Atlantic Division, and I'm psyched to say that. Uh, 
second in the Eastern Conference with 17. I'm sorry, seven. Ah, second in the Eastern Conference, and they are 17 points behind leading Washington, and they have 12 games remaining. Their away record is 23, seven and three, and their home record is finally after yesterday's win. Got two five hundred at sixteen, sixteen and five, and in their last ten games, they have an impressive seven one and two record. Power play is starting starting to make a turn. It was for the past couple of weeks, it's been going downhill, but it's starting to turn around a little bit. Not not much, but um, they are in eighth place with twenty one point six percent. First is Washington with twenty one point three, twenty three point eight. Uh, the penalty kill is ranked 10th at 82.2%. And they are they're, they're still scoring goals. They're, they're still ranked third with goals four. And they're ranked a pretty bad 12th with uh, 187 goals against. So things are looking decent with 12 games remaining. I mean, nothing really. I mean, it's exciting hockey. I just... I really think that uh, that I'm not saying that the two moves of the trade, you know, blew anybody's mind, but it just seems it seems like they're playing better for each other than they were prior. These guys, they were the right players, and that's what matters. It doesn't have to be, you know, Eric Stahl going to the Rangers type of move. Sometimes the smaller moves uh, work well, right? Uh, especially where where it can add to the chemistry. And these guys, you know, they they're veterans. They know what to do. They know how to conduct themselves as veterans, and that's great. Right. You know, guys like that are huge in the locker room. See, when it comes to like conversations like this, it just makes me think that you know you, you couldn't. Well, it's, I'm not saying they weren't gelling, but you know it didn't seem like they were gelling for the first, let's say, four or five months, and then two guys come in like this, and you think that. You know, these are two new guys. They're going to have a hard time fitting in the system. But they fit in quite well. And everybody's adjusted to them, you know. And I think it's good. I, I like the hockey. I mean, I mean, besides the Carolina game, you're going to, like you said, you're going to have those games where it's going to be up and down. You know, you're not going to be happy because they, they, they constantly play down to certain teams' levels. But still, it's, it's good hockey. I'm enjoying it. You know, the other thing is, you know, you bring up those two guys in the trades, and, you know, they've been great. But, you know, don't diminish the fact that Achari's come in here and, and he played very well. What can you say? You can't say enough about that kid. He, he doesn't, even down in the AHL, he wasn't, you know, lighting it, lighting it up. Right. But it was his play. It was, you know, um, down down in Providence, yeah. I'd, I'd probably say December. He was a fourth line player, yeah. And then in January, February, I want to say, I mean, I'd have to look at my stats again, but he started moving up the ladder to the first line in between Vetrano and Griffith. So, um, I, I I kind of feel he was prepped for this, you know. And he's got good. I mean, he's got good speed. He's got good vision. He's got a gritty style, which I really like, and you know, but he's you know he doesn't produce offensively. Well, big deal. He's a role player. Exactly. You know that's what that's what that's what you need. But I like well, 
I like the fit on that line. You know, I mean, I always value goal prevention just as much as goal scoring because that's just as important. And, you know, he's winning key face-offs and killing penalties, whatever the, you know, Julian has asked him to do. And he looks, does not look out of place out there at all. No, he doesn't. I, and I really like the that line of uh, Ferraro and and Conley coming down from the first line. He seems like he's stepped his game up, even even after being demoted, which is good. It's positive. Well, I mean, and the other thing is, you know, we have our two big lines that usually we'll get maxed up against. And when you get a fourth line that just plays north-south hockey and you have that kind of speed on the wings, that's going to put a lot of pressure on teams. And they, they play great. I like them as a line a lot, too. Sure. Yeah. It just adds depth and speed. I mean, Ferraro's got legs. Achari's got legs and Connolly can skate. I mean, that's a that's a it's a it's a producing line to me, not not in producing, you know, points, but it's producing as uh, role players. Yeah, and you know, whatever production you can get from your bottom six is huge because you know Bergeron's line has scored since in one, and Krejci's line they're about ready to explode themselves. So I mean, get that kind of production in your bottom six. That's huge. Especially with the playoffs coming right around the corner, you know that's that's a huge asset in the second season. So, yeah. and you know all these moves put together, it just added balance to the team. They just look really balanced, and you know they're gaining confidence every game, playing as a unit. You know, Julian and, and the coaching staff, you got to give them credit. They've uh, taken what's been given to them, and all year long, it you know when the team needs a reset. Like after the Winter Classic or the L.A. game or, you know, those tough losses, uh, they bounce back. They're very resilient. And that, that'll go a long way, you know, Absolutely. that kind of resiliency. It's good, good, um, good stuff, Absolutely, you know. But uh, let's talk about the uh, upcoming games. Uh, probably one of the reasons why I took this vacation is because I can stay up late and watch some of these games. <laughs> But uh, this week is uh, this week coming up is the three of four road games, uh, and the first one is Tuesday night in San Jose against the San Jose Sharks. Um, Ten p.m. That's going to be a very very interesting game. Very physical. Yeah, yeah, and uh, heavy teams going toe to toe. Right, and San Jose has been playing. Uh, well of late I can pull their stats up real quick um, they stub their toes soon so that way our draft pick will be better yeah <laughs> exactly right but they're third in the Pacific right now with a 38-24-6 record with 82 points they are uh, a surprisingly and I, you know what? I probably knew this, but I haven't really looked into it a lot lately. But they are a sub five hundred team at home. Wow! They are thir- thirteen, fifteen, and three. So, you know, by looking at that, it's you know, things are going to happen when they happen on Tuesday. But that's important. That's an important stat that they are not very good uh, yeah. in front of their. They're just like us. We're a good road team. They suck at home. So hopefully we'll take advantage of that. Well, sometimes these crazy stats will happen when you have that much parity in the league. Agreed. And there's a lot of parity in this league right now. It's it's really funny that they're twenty they're twenty five, nine and three on the road. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like Boston West. <laughs> but, uh... Horton's there, you know? Yeah. There's a connection. <laughs> yeah. Screw that guy. That's right, Mr. Invisible. Right, you know he can pass the puck. He's got good hands, and he and he makes everybody around him better. But, eh, I was never a real fan after the trade. I was never a real fan when he was here. You know, I there's, I just didn't like the return. I remember that trade very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and then. Uh, on Friday of next week, the matches get even harder on the West Coast trip at 10 p.m. when they face the Anaheim Ducks. Now, that's a team that has been hot lately. And that's a team that, in the beginning of the year, when they when they were doing their face plant, it was like, wow. You know, everybody picked for them to win the Stanley Cup over the summer, but look at the product on the ice. But ever since, I, I want to say... December, the middle of December came around. Wow, what what a turnaround! Well, they made a lot of trades. They, um, you know, Haglin getting moved over to Pittsburgh for Perron. That was a good move. I mean, he gave him more balance. Yeah, good depth moves. Yep. Um, they're a tough team. Another heavy team. I mean, all three of those California teams are all heavy, and you know, three of the probably I'd say the six best teams in the league. It's gonna be a tough trip. Absolutely. Uh, and then Saturday night they uh, go into LA at ten thirty to play the Kings, and, and it's just that's like three straight face punches right in a row on the road. Show them one. Yeah, yeah, we do. That was a, if I'm not mistaken, was that score six to one? Well, that was the nine to two game where they buried us. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely owe them a beat. Down. Yeah, that's right. And that was at, yeah, that was at home. So we are a better road teams. <laughs> Hopefully that works out. Absolutely. And we get to see Milan Lucic. The re- well, not the return, but get to see him on the road. He's probably going to be ready for some hometown banging. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him drop the gloves in that game. Yeah, that'd be cool. I kind of wish Ronaldo was back on the team for that so Milan can kick his ass. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe maybe Quaid will handle. It. He likes fighting old teammates, you know? right? Oh yeah, the Sean Thornton fight the other uh, last week. That was pretty. Sean, I mean, I, I oh, what do you think about that that headshot? Which one? McQuaid's cross check. Oh, uh, yeah. I was like, wow, that's kind of a little overboard, but. Yeah, he plays aggressive sometimes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When he's not injured. I know. Well. Hopefully there's enough tape to keep them for the rest of the season, you know? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so those, those, that's last week uh, news and the upcoming week games. But uh, some honorable mentions that I kind of jotted down earlier. Uh, Patrice Bergeron in four games last week. He's got two goals and two assists for a season total of 28, 33, and 61. Uh, Louis Erickson in four games last week had two goals and two assists also as he continues to add value to contract negotiations. This season's total for him at 26-27-53. And uh, going back to Gustafson, um, he is an honorable mention appearing in his first game since February 22nd. Gustafson started the second game of the back-to-back 
contest in the state of Florida with an impressive one nothing shutout of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, in a limited back ro- backup role, the 31-year-old Swede, Sweden native is playing well. He's got an 11-5-0 record. So it that's not, I mean, that's not bad. But he's also auditioning for a new contract this season. So with all that, uh, uh, good for Erickson and good for Bergeron, as as usual, as you know, Bergeron, Erickson, and Marchand are the, the pretty much top producers. Yeah. Um, They've been the most consistent all year long out of our, all of our forwards. You know, start to finish. Right. So uh, just real quick. Would you sign Gustafson? Uh, if the contract was reasonable, sure. I mean, you know, and he is who he is. Um, he's obviously had those health issues. And, you know, if you're going to basically be okay with him doing 15 to 20 starts, sure. I mean, he's done a great job as a backup. really has. So I don't see why not. I don't think any of those kids down in Providence are ready yet. No, absolutely not. Um, but with with uh, Subban's neck throat injury and him being out for the remainder of the season, um, you would have to see what happens with him during the summer workouts uh, for him to get back on track. Um, I don't think he's ready. Uh, oh, I don't know if he's going to come back and be gun shy. I mean, that was a kind of a freak thing to happen. That's kind of what I was hinting at. Yeah. Um. Zane McIntyre, absolutely no way. That guy, I mean, it's his first year of professional hockey, uh, minor pro, and he's definitely not ready from what I've seen. Um, Jeremy Smith. Uh, a journeyman. Yeah, he's a journeyman. I mean, if his opportunity with the Bruins was going to happen, it would have been last this season. If the you know if, if they didn't go for Gustafson, they probably would have brought Smith up. Um, but he's, I mean, Smith's been doing good since he came back from Iowa on loan, but it's not really blowing anybody away with, you know, promote me now kind of stats. I mean, he's, he's filling a role. Well, I see it this way. There's 12 games remaining, and I think Gustafson could very well end up with playing five or six of those games. So they could rest too, because again, if you want to go on a long run, you want him to come out and be fresh. I mean, you don't want to sit him for like three games in a row, but at the same time, you know, he's more effective when he's rested. Right. So, but, you know, I like Gustafson. He's played a good game. I'd I, 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 I do a one-year deal with him. I, I wouldn't go any further than that. No, and the other thing is because of his health issues, I don't think he's more than a one-year anyways. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not hating on him because he's got issues with you know his you know heart troubles or whatever like that. It's just that's a risk. It is, and if you're a good GM and you you know you do um, how do I say this when you do get a player's background and stuff. I mean, that's some definitely a concern. Yeah, you know, and he seems like a reasonable guy. I'm sure he understands that as well. You know, he, again, you know, anything cardiac is is definitely. Uh, Something to definitely keep an eye on. That's a serious issue, especially after this, what happened at Beverly last year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
Did, uh, I was watching a little bit of uh, the game last night, uh, the highlights actually of Pevely, and the uh, he got a standing O uh, as an honorary star for you know being a team player and and for what happened. He was also there to um, to promote men's health and so on, heart health and so on. So it was good. It was good. Good for him. Well deserved. I mean, he's just a class player. Man, I followed him ever since his rookie year in Nashville and. You know, I was psyched when he came here. You know, that warrior mentality, you know, he brought it to the locker room. That's the reason why we won in 2011. You had multiple guys that had that warrior mentality. You show up for work, do your job, you know, and he was just a great player. And, I, you know, I liked watching him as a Bruin. Absolutely. All right. Jeez. Uh, we are flying through this. Um Anything else on the bees? Got anything? I just, uh, you know, again, like I said earlier, uh, it, they've been fun to watch. They got points in seven games in a row, which is great. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll finish the season strong and we'll see where we're at. Well, Florida and Tampa, they're not going to be easy. And they're not going to go away. Hmm. That's so, true. Especially so when you... you don't want to go through a week where you stub your toe because – no, you can be the seventh or eighth team in the conference very quickly. Yeah, it's, uh, playing a seven-game series against any of these teams in the, that are in the in the playoff picture right now is not going to be an easy thing. And and I'm not going to continue. I mean, I'm not going to you know be mad or anything like that. But the the home record is just it's oh. The playoff picture with a home record like that is pretty bad, but you know what? I'd rather be at five hundred than three games under, and at least they're catching up with that. But, no, that's true. You they're know? definitely playing better and playing better in all aspects of the game. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the remaining March schedule, most of these games are on the road, so that bodes well for us. That's true. Very true. All right, so let's go down to Providence. Let's go down to ninety-five and hit the Providence Bruins for a little bit. Sounds good. Uh, in 60 games played, they are 30, 18, 9, and 3. With 72 points, third in the Atlantic, and fifth in the Eastern Conference. They went up a spot. They went from 6 to 5. So that's that's good. Um, uh, the last time I checked, they were supposed to draw the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins for the first round, and that's kind of a scary matchup. Because uh, in the three years past, Wilkes-Barre, uh, the first two years, Wilkes-Barre, he took out um, the Bruins uh, in the first round. And then last year, Hartford took him out in the first round. So they haven't been out of the first round in three se- over three seasons. So should be interesting. Uh, they have an awful away record. Of nine thirteen five and zero, and a very good home record of twenty one five four and three, and the last ten they're six two one and one. Number one power play still, and they have the third ranked penalty kill. So that's those are good numbers uh, going into the postseason. Uh, they are ranked seventh in goals four at one hundred and eighty five. That's three, it's over a little over three goals a game. And the goals against are ranked 11th with 165, and that's 2.75 average. So 
yeah, those are the stats for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, last week's games for the uh, the AHL Bruins, they had an overtime win at the dunk against the Portland Pirates. That was an exciting game to watch. Um, and then Friday, they lost three to two and a shootout at the dunk and and last night they got a uh, a very impressive 3 to 2 win against the Toronto Marlies and that Toronto Marlies team is the best in the Eastern Conference. They got um, a lot of young talent on that team. Oh, they are stacked. They are, yeah. I mean, Toronto the, the, the Maple Leafs are going to look good in a couple of years. You give them time, give Babcock time to work and gel these guys. They'll be a playoff team sooner or later. Well, I mean, look at the guys that they have making those decisions. Lamorello and Shanahan. I mean, they've done a great job. Right. You know, they've been getting a lot back in trade. Uh, Happening's going to be a heck of a player. <laughs> you, know, you know what Lamorello's nickname is? What's that? Loophole Lou. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's one of the best GMs in the game. He is, and he's still doing it. I, I, he, he, he manufactures some pretty interesting moves that you just kind of go, "What?" But believe it or not, some you know a, a high a higher percentage of what people think, some of those moves actually work out. It, it may not work out in a year, but it does in time. Well, in result, yeah. that's what matters the most. Right, right. But uh, the the week ahead. Um, actually, today, uh, right now, the Providence Bruins are playing the Utica Comets at the dunk, and that game is currently Utica is up four to three with a minute to go in the third. So I don't know about this one, but uh, anyway, um, Frank Vitrano. Did score his 31st in the second period. Unbelievable. The kid's like going nuts down there. That's good. I mean, it's great that he's dominating in that level. And hopefully uh, there'll be a spot for him come uh, the you know, fall. He also had an assist on the Brandon DeFazio goal in the first period. So he's got a goal and an assist. So right now with a minute, it's 4-3 uh, to Utica. So that's... Uh, So the uh, the week ahead after today, obviously, um, they have a game in Albany on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And then they travel to Toronto to play those said Marlies uh, at 3 p.m. on Saturday. So interesting uh, little road trip coming up for them. And their season's also winding down, so Providence is going to look pretty good. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of strange how both teams have really turned it around at the same time. You know, different leagues, same organization. It's almost like, you know, they're just opposites. It's weird. It's like when we develop balance in Boston demoted all those players, they've gone down to Providence and given them balance. So it's like we've both kind of at the same time become more balanced teams. 
Sure. You know, maybe the numbers are different, but that's that's a good sign. It is. It is. Uh, I just saw. I just saw. You know, just like the Bruins, I I hope they make it. Number one, they make it to to get the goal of a playoff spot. Number two, I hope they you know they get past the first round. You know, and 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 see see where you go from there. But you know, I always hope for the best for both organizations or any organization that is involved with the Bruins. But um, yeah, love to see you call the cup. You know. But, for that city too. Yeah, you know they they, they had one. Uh, I don't remember the years now, but it's been a while. It has been a while. I, if I'm not mistaken, it could have been '96. Wow, under Harry Simmons too, because that place became kind of a uh, like Siberia for a while there. Yeah. Bringing up I, the name Ivan Hummel. <laughs> you bring him up Finally a lot. Got sent to Siberia and never returned. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It is true. Or uh, what's the what's the other one that was a massive fail? Zach Hamill. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's too bad Uber wasn't around then because I would have definitely uh, got him to the airport. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, last week's honorable mentions for the Providence Bruins: uh, Alexander Kolkachov. He missed the last five games for the Baby Bees with a hand injury. Koko returned Friday night. In, in Friday night's loss to Hartford and contributed a goal and, and, and had another goal in last night's win against the powerful Marley's team. He is 17-32 and 49. Um, I'll continue to say it again. The guy is a great AHL player, but can't seem to get any consistency in the NHL. So enough with that. I think he's going to be gone at the end of this season. I think he's going to become a great AHL player. Yeah. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I mean, from what I've read, I, I really believe that he could be a an asset in, in acquiring a pick. So get something for him at least. Absolutely. He's ours till July 1st if we trade him around draft time. Fine by me. Um, Frankie V. Frankie Vetrano in three games last week had four goals, one assist, four points. He had a hat trick against the Portland Pirates last Sunday. And an assist in last night's win against Toronto, he extends his point streak to five games. So that's good. He's He's got um, 31 goals in 31 games. And he's the first, he's the first AHL player uh, this season to break the 30-goal mark. And that's, in, I mean, what, what can you say? Um... I'll get back on Vetrano, but uh, uh, another honorable mention is uh, Brian Ferlin. He, after sustaining a concussion in the beginning of the season and only only appeared in seven games this year, Ferlin had his best game last night with a two-goal effort with one of the goals an overtime winner against the Marlies. Yeah, I like this kid. I liked him last year when he was the uh, 13th forward. I mean, he's a, a good player and... You know, when they drafted him, he came into the league as pretty much a, uh, a project player. Yeah. Coming out of the USHL. And, you know, uh, hopefully he'll be able to turn it around. That's not easy. He had really. Yeah, I, I believe it was the first game that he it, he got his bell rung and he was out for so long. But they came back in February and played like five or six games and then to something wasn't right. And then he was out for a little while, not too long ago, 
and then recently came back again. But uh, last night's game was any any. You know, he was he was good. He was really good last night. So it's good to see him back and good to see him you know rolling. But unfortunately, with his with his uh, his injury, it's a little too little too late. But you know, hopefully, he's a producer in the playoffs too. They're all key. Assets. All key assets in the postseason. So, anything on the AHL Providence Bruins? Uh, no, I mean you know it's they're playing well. Um, good to see these kids down there uh, going. I mean, there's going to be a lot of spots that are going to be open. Um, you know, come this fall, especially if you know they end up moving Erickson, which. I don't know. I'm fifty-fifty. I think that if the price is too high, I think they will move him with the crap. Um, so there'll be spots open, and uh, you know, it's like for Toronto and Griffiths—they just keep producing. So hopefully, uh, you know, they'll get in and have a nice little playoff run, and you know, on this you know summer and fall, they'll uh, earn themselves a spot. Yeah, you got to follow the same lead as Spooner. Right, and and for Toronto. Petrano last year, you know, coming out of uh, UMass, signs a entry level deal, does all the rookie camps, all the you know development camps, and bam, he ends up in training camp for the Bruins, and so it can be done, but actually, no, yeah, that's an update on the Providence Bruins. Uh, Utica won five to three. Uh, Vitrano, the third period, Kokolchev had his 18th, Vitrano and Cross assisted. So that is a goal for Vitrano and two assists on the afternoon. Pretty good. Hey, he just keeps rolling. Yeah, getting those points. Um, hopefully to see him up in a full-time position next season. Uh, let me see. Uh, we're running right ahead of time. How about some prospects news from the OHL, the Q, and the W? Sounds good. Nice. Uh, always got to start with my boy, Zach Senishin, from the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. He had three goals last week, bringing his season total to 42, 19, and 61 in 63 games played. And he actually scored his 43rd this afternoon. Uh, yeah, I kind of watched a little bit of that. Uh, the Greyhounds have four games remaining in this in this season's campaign, so um, I'm just trying to give you the best updates I can with so many games remaining. Uh, Jeremy Lausen from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League's Rowan Noranda Huskies. I will never learn that damn name. Uh, he had three goals in three games last week, increasing his season total to 10 goals, 36 assists, 46 points. He is currently on a four-game goal streak. Lausen and the Huskies have three games left in the season. Yeah, yeah this this year has flown right by, and 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 these leagues, um, especially if I'm not mistaken, the OHL or maybe it's the Q, they start way early. So, um, staying in the Q, uh, Jakob Sporo, the St. John Sea Dogs. In four games last week, he went pointless. He's he's uh, got three games remaining to his season. Uh, over in the W, 
Left wing Jesse Gabriel from the Prince George Cougars. He had no points in two games last week, having his totals for the season stay at 40 goals, 34 points, and 70. I'm sorry, 40 goals, 34 assists, 74 points. And he's got three games remaining as well. Jake DeBrusque of the Red Deer Rebels had two goals and three assists last week, bringing his season totals to 21 goals, 42 assists, 63 points. DeBrusque has three games left. And the last but not least, Brandon Carlo, the defenseman from the Tri-City Americans, in four games last week. Carlo had a goal in last night's 4-1 win over the Everett Silvertips, snapping a three-game pointless streak. The Americans have three games remaining. And that's it for that. So everything's winding down um, with uh, Canadian juniors. So it and, and college, um, like we talked in the uh, off-air show. Um, so that's going to probably bring up some interesting news. Uh, right now, Tri-City in the Western Hockey League uh, is in it. Uh, four points out of a wild card in the Western Conference wild card. So uh, Brandon Carlo might have a chance if he if he does in fact make does does not make the playoffs. His American team does not make the playoffs. Could see some time in Providence. Well, that would be good. That would be good to get that kind of experience. I believe. I believe so. Having work with Tommy Cross, guy that's been around forever, captain there. I mean, those guys would be able in one heck of a tandem. They could definitely use the help. I'm not saying that the the Providence Bruins defensive core right now is is uh, terrible, but uh, any improvement is a good improvement. Yeah. And I believe that Carlo could probably add some serious depth to a team that. You know, want, is potentially on a decent run in the playoffs. Definitely. And like you said, his the experience he gets out of that, and then goes back to his junior. I, I highly doubt the guy is going to make the the NHL roster next year. I, I don't believe it. I I really believe he needs a, a good solid year, uh, back in the juniors. But, um. The learning curve at defenseman is a lot different than forward. You know, defensemen, they need more time to kind of get to know the game. And so, yeah, I mean, he'll probably end up going back. But, hey, you never know. He can come in and have a great summer and make Sweeney's uh, decision difficult. You never know. But, yeah, I don't think he's there yet, skill-wise. Right. So, you know, this, you know, at any time in Providence, especially during their playoff run, would be huge for him. Get to know the intensity of the game. I, I'm I'm really interested in seeing who does actually uh, come and plays for Providence. I mean, like I said, uh, Carlo is the only one right now that's not in the playoff picture. So I kind of took him and just said, hey, he might be available. And I've read it from a couple um, highly respected uh, writers that they also suggested that it could be a move. Um, but... Uh, we, now we're talking about NCAA and Denver University's Danton Heinen. Um, he's he's had a decent year. Uh, there's, uh, I believe, Kurt Ludecky came out with uh, a tweet the other day saying that um, 
as the NTAA college hockey has come to an end, I believe today is the last day before playoffs, um, he could be available for the uh, to sign if he. I believe he said that he uh, might he might want to turn pro, so he could sign a deal with the Bruins, and he could be another asset down in Providence. Yeah. Kid's got great skill. But I, see, you know, that's a good thing about Sweeney. You know, him being general manager of Providence for those couple of years, he understands how important it is to have a good competitive team down there, and you know, have these kids be able to learn. I mean, Cassidy has been great. But a really good. You never know. I mean, at some point, if uh, an assistant coaching spot, you know, pops up, he might be the guy. Sure. I mean, he's been teaching. Frankly, you know, these kids come up here. It's not how prepared they are. All worked on their game down there, and, you know, it shows. So, um, uh, just real quick, Seth Griffith hasn't played since the, the 5th of this month, which I thought was kind of strange. I didn't hear any news about him. Um... It's kind of yeah. So anyway, I I just I just saw something about that. So, um. Oh, I wanted to uh, mention uh, the the Boston Pride winning the Isabel Cup in their inaugural season of the women's professional hockey. Uh, congratulations to them. That's a that's awesome. Congratulations, and it's, it's it's good that they got women's hockey. I mean, this is something that should have happened 10, 15 years ago. Back with Tammy Granato and Ben and Rayom, and, and, you know, it, it's good. I mean, they, hey, if the women can do it in basketball, they can do it in hockey. Too. I agree, and what, what I like about it is um, it gives them exposure outside of Olympic, um, Olympic notoriety. Uh, you know, every time I see these girls, uh, Hillary Knight, I like I like some Hillary Knight. I really do. She's hot. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. The, most of the time when I see these these ladies, they're always in either Olympic competition. Yeah. So it's good to see them that that stepping away from you know that and going into a professional organization like. Like the NWHL. Agreed. So you know, and it is, there's a place for women in hockey. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, a buddy of mine. I used to go watch his sister play all the time, and they're competitive as hell. They were rougher than the guys were. Yeah. You know, well, there's definitely a place in sports for women's hockey, and it's good that they're uh, they get a chance. They deserve it. I didn't have a lengthy career at Amesbury High School at all, where I went to high high school, and. Uh, where I live now, actually, uh, but um, you know, I, I had some stints, but uh, we played against um, a, a girl, and she was good. It was good, and she played for uh, St. Thomas, which was a prep school. So, yeah, I was impressed. Um, definitely took out one of our better defensemen, and and it was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, what? I don't have anything else. 
we just really went right through this whole thing like it was nothing. Quality, not quantity. Right. We're at 45 minutes right now, so I don't know what you want to do. You want to talk and kill 15 minutes? It's up to you. Uh, we'll end it now. Uh, I'm the co-host. You're the host. Brother. You let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it because I'm going to get a drink. All right, man. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, we, we started late today uh, because I had a couple of those said drinks last night and uh, forgot to set my alarm. And I usually do all my stats uh, in the morning. And then we do a podcast at 8 in the morning. But today was, I'm on vacation. <laughs> so I messed up. So we're doing, we're doing our first um, uh, post-afternoon uh, show. So it's been interesting. So, All right, man. Well, I will definitely see you next week. We will talk uh, NCAA hockey and how the prospects in the college ranks have um, done this year with with their totals and of course we'll talk about the games this week and preview the week after as the season continues to slowly end Derek you have a good week man alright man sounds good I'll talk to you next week take care bud tuning in to the black and gold hockey podcast please join us next week for another discussion of bruins hockey related material